And thanks for checking in at Calmo this week. You know, I am super excited about this series we're in now about how Jesus cares for all of us and especially reaches out to those that are the, the underdogs or those that are, you know, not, not at the top of the society and things like that. And he does teach us to reach out to each other, especially when we see someone that's struggling or, you know, kind of having a hard time of it all or whatever. So let's dive into today's message. And we're going to start with, are you ready for paradise? Hmm. Let's have some fun with this today, right? So before we can realistically answer that question, we, we kind of need to define, what do you mean by paradise? Well, I think we all probably have different uh, answers uh, to, to this question, right? And sometimes it might depend on what's happening in our life. You know, here in Michigan, if it's snowing, we might, might want a little sunshine. In the middle of August, in the dog days of August, we might say, well, we could use a little bit of snow. So sometimes it might be something as simple as the sun is shining. Or to some folks, it might be a, a tropical beach. You know, uh, clear blue waters, uh, nice, nice sand and, and, and sun and maybe a little bit of shade. Or, or maybe, how about floating on, a, on one of these little air rafts with, with someone special, you know? You're just kind of looking up at the clouds and, and kind of kicking back. Or some people just being in nature, you know, like walking around outside and just looking at God's awesome creation. And for some, it, it might be, uh, you know, being in, going to Las Vegas or uh, some casino and, 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 and doing that, uh, that thing. So, but the Bible describes paradise as being this place of intense joy and happiness. Um, and so here are these words that the disciple John uses to describe uh, paradise. Now, this comes from the Revelation chapter 21. And then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, which would be like the people of God, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And then I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among the mortals. He will dwell with them as their God, and they will be his people's and God himself will be with them, and he will wipe away every tear from every eye. Death will be no more, mourning and crying, will pain will be no more, for all of that stuff have passed away. Now John is describing paradise as a place where we will be in the company of God for all time. There will be no pain, no crying, no oppression, no violence, no none of that stuff, right? It's just going to be a place of intense joy and peace. So that brings us up to our opening questions this morning, and that is, yeah, have a little bit of fun here. What is your mental picture of paradise? And then, what are you willing to get there? What are you willing to do to get there? Now, as much as we might enjoy our tropical beaches or, our na or nature, walking in nature or casinos, I think we probably would all agree that there's more to life than these pleasures because they're all temporary. They're all subject to the fickle nature of life. But the paradise that Jesus offers is eternal. It is not dependent on how much money or how much vacation time we have saved up or the ramifications of banking crises or layoffs or any of this other stuff. 
So here these words of wisdom that come to us from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Well, Jesus is helping us to understand that we, we do need to save something towards his paradise. But it's not money, it's not vacation time, but rather it's how we lead our lives. You know, um, the Apostle Paul explains it this way in his letter to uh, his helper by the name of Timothy. And this comes to us from 1 Timothy chapter 6. As for those who in the present age are rich, command them not to be haughty or to set their hopes on the uncertainty of the riches, but rather on God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, generous and ready to share. And in doing that, storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future so that they might take hold of the life that really is life. And in that, Paul's describing paradise. So Paul helps us to understand that we see safe towards eternal paradise with God by trusting in God and doing good works and being good works and being generous and caring. And that's kind of what Paul learned from Jesus, who explained that the two most important commands from God are to love God with all our heart, mind, and soul, and to love our neighbor as ourselves, right? So this sounds pretty straightforward, you know? In our study of Luke, you know, we learned that when Jesus turned towards Jerusalem and going to the cross, that his messages became a little stronger. They became a little bit more urgent. And so on that journey, Jesus told a story uh, about saving for paradise and it causes us to ask some really tough questions because it's, it's got some tough stuff in it. So here are these words. This comes to us from Luke chapter 18. Once a religious leader asked Jesus this question, good teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, why do you call me good? Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery, you must not murder, you must not steal, you must not testify falsely, honor your father and mother. So at this point, what Jesus is telling us is pretty straightforward. Don't do bad things, honor your parents, and then also in that list would have been loving and obeying God, and there's a few others, but, but all of these are understandable. You know, right? Well, you know, hard to do perfectly, but they're understandable, we get this. And now for the rest of the story. And the man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. And when Jesus heard his answer, he said, there is still one more thing you haven't done. Sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and then you will have treasure in heaven, and then come follow me. Wow. Now, that's tough. Those are tough words, right? Especially for those of us in this country, because we're relatively rich compared to the rest of the world. We have lots of possessions. And so take just a short moment and, and ask yourself, how do you feel about those words? Well, we, we need to ask ourselves, what is Jesus really trying to teach us at this point? 
Is his expectation really that we sell everything we have and give it all to the poor? Now, Adam Hamilton in our study suggests that Jesus is, what he's really got in mind is pushing us to struggle with what is important to us. So hear these words from the Gospel of Mark chapter nine. If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It's better for you to enter life maimed than to have two hands and to go to hell to the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. It's better for you to enter life lame than have two feet and to be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to stumble, tear it out. It's better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell. So the real question is, is Jesus suggesting that we gouge out our eye or chop off our hand if we feel like we're sinning? or feel like the temptation to sin? Or is he really just wanting us to struggle deeply? Struggle deeply with our human nature and his call on our life. And so Mark ends that story with Jesus saying this, for everyone will be salted with fire. And that kind of confirms that Jesus does make some statements to force us to dig deep into ourselves, that we have to struggle, we have to kind of come to grips with ourselves. We kind, of, we kind of have to decide what is it that we treasure the most in life. So do we treasure our tropical uh, beaches and our casinos more than loving God and caring for our neighbor? Or, or is there a balance between enjoying what God has given us in the here and now or saving up for being in an eternal paradise with him? with Jesus to call, calling us to care for him more. The paradise that, that, that Jesus offers to us is free of charge. It's not based on money or possessions. We only need to accept Jesus' love for us and love him in return, and also love or care for our neighbor. And then we enjoy eternal paradise with Jesus, where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. So that brings us up to our closing discussion questions this day. How are you saving up for eternal paradise with Jesus? And then, are you ready for paradise? One of the blessings that we have is the gift of God's Son, Jesus, as our personal Lord and Savior and best friend, a Lord and Savior that offers us something better than the most luxurious resorts on this planet and that is eternal life in his paradise, free of charge, just waiting for us. And so now take the prayer challenge, spend that five minutes each day, and think about the paradise that Jesus offers, and kind of compare that with the paradise of your thoughts. And then ask yourself if you're honestly saving up in the ways that Jesus desires for us. And then talk with Jesus to give you the strength and guidance to be who he calls us to be. Whatever you do, talk with God often, share with him your thoughts, share with him your struggles, and, and just feel that peace that passes all human understanding. God sent Jesus to be our Lord and Savior, to teach us how to save up treasure on earth that moths can't consume and thieves won't steal so that we will be saving up for paradise with him. We have the love of Jesus and the constant presence of the Holy Companion, the Holy Spirit of God to help and guide us. 
Well, I hope you, you found this message to be helpful. If you would like more information, please reach out. You can put a comment in the chat box for this post, or you can call or text me at 517-588-8415, or you can always use the Calamo online connection card at calamochurch.org forward slash connect dash with dash Calamo. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you kind of struggle with some of these words. We'd love to hear you. We'd love to be able to be a blessing to you. And now, if you'd please pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your love for us, and we thank you so much for these stories that you give us so that we can understand in a deeper way what you are expect of us. And so, Lord, we pray that you strengthen and guide us, that you reveal the awesome power and presence of the Holy Companion in our lives so that we can feel the warmth of your love and we can see the light of the truth. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. I'm your neighbor, Jerry, pastor at Calmo Church. Have a great day, have a great week, and bye for now.